My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Have you ever noticed the Greek, Roman, Egyptian, Gothic, Revival architecture present in nearly every major American city? I'm sure you've heard someone say they don't make them like they used to, but could it be that this classic architecture isn't being merely recreated? Could these buildings have existed before 1776, before even Columbus? These incredible buildings buried for centuries, dug up and revived by modern inhabitants, smuggled away and rewritten out of history as military forts take their place. Here to join us and help dispel this confusion and erase the propaganda is the Golden Gate Star Fort commander himself, Casey Watson, joining me here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Mystic Mark, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast with Golden Gate Star Fort commands, Casey Watson. Part of the narrative has been to absolutely wipe out the star forts from North and South America and to erase that out of history. There's a bunch on the East Coast that you can find, but there's not many west of the Mississippi. And they've just they've just been hidden. They've been lost in time. They've been built over, repurposed. I mean, just just the whole fort story, I mean. Even calling them star forts, it kind of, is kind of hard for me now because they're absolutely not forts. They were not, absolutely not built to be forts at all. What we're seeing is there, a lot of the major cities were, the main part of the city was a huge star fort and then there's like these satellite ones around it. was a hero to most but he met, never meant shit to me like that shit I remember that in junior high like wow fuck yeah you know mm. 
Right on. And like the people I've met through music, like, you know, I've homies that I've known for 30 years, you know, and like, we're still doing it as much as we can. And what's still the name trying of, to live outside of society? What's the name of the band you roll with now? Is it and, and what instrument do you play? I'm, I mainly play bass now, but I played guitar and as well. the The bands I'm in now, there's old firm Casuals. It's kind of like a street punk rock and roll shit. And I play in a hardcore band called Powerhouse, and they're they're a Oakland band, and they've been around for twenty something years. I've just joined them in the last few years now and then i have a project called earth dogs that's like just chaos brutality conspiracy theory shit really okay that's like that's the current stuff that i'm doing right now very cool and for people who haven't read the episode description yet we're talking with casey watson better known as golden gate Starfort on instagram and uh, yeah, I guess my question is, when did like the interest in alternative history or the rewriting of history come into what you're doing now? And and are, is there an overlap in the music communities that you're in with this sort of information? Well, yeah, I mean, for sure, like, well, I mean, what where it's led me now is like a little deeper, I'm, you know, well, We'll get to it, I'm sure. But yeah, the, I mean, the people, the bands that I played in, the people I played with, the friends I made, bands, you know, we were all, it was, a, you know, we weren't political at all, but it was like personal politics, you know, it was like, fuck the system, adapt and survive, get over however you can and, you know, question everything. And the first, I just, I remember clearly being in high school and talking the whatever class it was we're talking about jfk assassination i just remember sitting there like you gotta be fucking kidding me you know like this is absolute bullshit and that was the first that was the first one in for sure i think probably 9 11 kind of after 9 11 information was a lot more available online or whatever you know for all these rabbit holes, but I remember 9-11, you know, seeing it happen and go down. And then all of a sudden it's like the Patriarch stuff comes up and it's like, wow, all right, that's what this was about, you know, 100%. Yeah, they did it, 100%. And since then, I've definitely been more interested and have gone down the research rabbit holes for sure. But that, you know, I feel like those are kind of the first major ones that I can think of at the moment. But I remember talking, you know, with bands and everything. We, everyone knew that 9-11 was about the Patriot Act, at least like in the punk scene, the hardcore scene, you know? Mm. And that was back then. Right. Respect. Yeah, um, man. We're we're headed on the, the 21st anniversary of 9-11 about a month from now as this is being recorded. And yeah, it definitely feels like still to this day, you can sit someone down and explain to them that it was an inside job with all the evidence and all the experts and there will still be people surprisingly who don't believe you or question your intentions or how unpatriotic or irrational you are for believing something like this and you know i'm sure there's rarely but still people who are like that with jfk i think most 
people nowadays will agree that something weird happened with JFK and there wasn't a single shooter, but it's like on to the next one and people uh-huh. are so conditioned to be living in this rat race hamster wheel cycle that they really don't take the time to wonder what the implications of these events could be in their own life. And I think why I wanted to have this conversation with you and why I love that we're starting off at this point is because we can see in this community that you and I are in that there are some things that people have reached a conspiracy consensus, right? We understand that JFK and the official story is very far from one another. The, the the truth and the official story that is and the same is true with 9-11 but when we have something like Tartaria I wonder and it it doesn't suspend my interest at all I'm actually more interested in it now but I have a very interesting suspicion with Tartaria that I don't with JFK with that I don't with 9-11 because we can see the implications of something like a JFK event or a 9-11 event you put it very plainly and to the point you said we knew it was about the Patriot Act right so my question I guess to you is what do you think the objective is with the Tartaria information if we are to believe that all of this has just sort of organically come about because I have entertained the idea on this show that the whole thing is a psyop and I'm not you know bringing you on to debate I'd love to learn what you know but I'd like to start there because I think a lot of people hear Tartaria and they're fascinated and they love it and they jump right in and maybe they don't think twice about why and then there's the others who just, you know, think we're all crazy for thinking that star forts and all these things are much more prevalent than history books lead us to believe. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's, it is fascinating. And I'm mean, obviously, cause I am fascinated by it every day and it, it, it is, it's so complex and deep. It's really hard to just break someone off with it, you know, cause like it's out there and it, it's deep, you know, but I mean, there's just so much evidence pointing to it right there. It's like not even, it's right there in history. It's not even necessarily conspiracy, you know? Um, I kind of lost track of what that the question was. That's there. all right. I could so, re-ask it in a much more simpler yeah. way. I do that sometimes. So don't uh, don't 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 worry. I won't be offended if you point that out because sometimes uh, I get no. long-winded with my questions. So no, I guess it's all good. I, I'm a stoner too. So like, oh shit. Well, I I'll tell you what. Up. I'm a little. I'm I'm about an inch into a blunt right now. So we're getting nice. going. I don't know good, if you've good. been rolling up over there, but feel free to do so. So, all right, real quick, and I'm sure you've got this question before. If there were maybe one or two things that you had to boil it down to convince someone that Tartaria is at least a reality that they should look into, what what evidences do you show them? Well, so first of all, there's maps, and there's tons of maps from, you know, the 15th century 
for a few hundred years showing a country called Tartaria. And it pretty much encompasses like all of Asia, more or less. And there's tons of different depictions of it. There's hundreds of different depictions of it. It's not like a crazy rare thing. Anyone can search it right now and see how many different versions there are. And so, I mean, I kind of jumped into this as a lot of people had already done a lot of research. So basically to, to give someone a rundown, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's so hard where, you know, where to start because <laughs> it's just layers after layers. So yeah, the maps for sure is 100 thing. I usually bring up the world expos, the indoctrinations, right. but there's also, there's tons of like, I mean, there's tons of free and Tartaria stuff like out there in history. And so like, for example, this, this is actually probably what I would uh, give someone first off the bat, tell them about the maps. And so I have this book called news from Tartary and it was written by Peter Fleming. And Peter Fleming is actually the older brother of Ian Fleming, who wrote all the 007 shit. Really? So, wow. You know, yeah, it's crazy. And I got put onto this book from Zertis, and I found a copy. And right in the foreword, this is a note at the end of the foreword, and I'll just read it. It says, Tartary is not strictly a geographical term any more than Christensen Christians and Christian done is sorry. Tartary is where the Tartars came from to Harry Europe and Asia. And there were so many different kinds of Tartars that the name has at one time or another held good for almost all the lands outside of the great wall from the Caspian to Korea. But it has come nowadays to be applied. If it is applied at all, chiefly to Sinkiaing, which is Chinese Turkestan, and the highlands bordering it. And that was where this journey begins. And this was written in 1936. And there, there's, I mean, this dude, supposedly he went and traveled out there. There's definitely been a cover up, and he's saying right there that tar Tartary is more than just like this land, you know, it's everywhere. And to just, I mean, I'll just jump right in, like, you know, as our American history, when they talk about how people first came to America, they talk about the land bridge between. Russia and Alaska. And that's only 60 miles apart to this day. And there's an island right in between it, you know? So it's not even that crazy far apart, you know? You could almost fucking jump it. And there has been like backlash on this land bridge theory lately. But from what I understand, it's because now people think that they just sailed it, you know? They, there wasn't a land bridge. I mean, there was a land bridge, but they also sailed it. Right. And so, and there's also, like DNA proof through these studies showing there's back and forth migration from Asia to America, like all throughout time. Like, mm -hmm. and so to push the theory even further along, like I think North and South America were absolutely a part of the Tartary nation for sure, whatever it was called, you know? Right. And, you know, I probably lose about 75% of the people by now, but no, honestly, no, quite hey, the opposite. No, okay. I'll I'll tell you what, man. I've like I said, I've done a couple episodes on this topic, and for whatever reason, it is some of our more popular episodes consistently downloads. I mean, it seems awesome. to me like there are actually people out there who specifically seek out episodes just about Tartaria and and 
refuse to look at other stuff, which is fine. Yeah. I don't mind what they tune into when they tune into the show. But yeah, no, I think a lot of people in this group, this community of podcast listeners, we're fascinated. It does seem, like I said, to kind of come out of the blue in the past four years do you think that's just because of the exposure of the internet and it just took a while for people to finally kind of see it and it's been there the whole time how how do you explain its recent popularity i from from what i i think it's literally been rediscovered in the last four years like you said Mm. and i think people i think it seems like the progression was, you know, the flat earth thing broke. Uh, and that that happened. And from there, all of a sudden, we, people started finding all this stuff about Tartary and Tartaria. And we're like, what the fuck? Well, actually, let me tell, go back. The star forts came first. People started questioning the star forts and mm. trying, to, trying to figure out what they were all about and questioning the narr- narrative of the star forts and that led into learning about artery and tartaria and, and all this right right it seemed it did come out of nowhere in the sense that yeah in the last four years there's like this is when <laughs> the last four years have been the time people have been talking about it there's definitely been people talking about it since then but like not in the way that we are <laughs> you know mm-hmm. not in the way of how they completely completely change what our actual history is Mm. right right and you know i have no problems believing that history has been rewritten i think there are many many important things that have been lost unfortunately to time and we have to thank the authors that are here who have preserved what knowledge we do have but totally you know it can't be (laughs) no go ahead uh, just sorry to interrupt. Just like you, I just wanted to say, like you said, th- you know, things get lost in time so easily. Just lost in time. It's like forgotten data, unknown data, and that's how. That's if you just think about that. That's such an easy way to think. Like, there's so many ways they can change history, you know, and just that alone is one of the huge ones. Right. And as you point out, the star forts are definitely a big part of this. They seem to have maybe some ley line alignments or some geological energy, even water energy. They seem to be situated in bod- or in areas where there are bodies of water close by, whether that's a river or the shoreline. So... I want to read off this list I have here of a couple different really interesting star forts, and maybe you could add to this list, but yeah, let's get into it. We got Fort Wood, Fort Washington, Fort Frederick, Fort Pickens, Fort McCone, Fort Mifflin, Fort Pike, Fort Zachary Taylor, Fort Norfolk, Fort Adams, Fort Griswold, and these are all in the United States, so people can just search any one of these names that I just read off. And you'll find an image online of what is a different geometric shape. Not all of them are in a perfect star shape. One of them kind of looks like a an ice cream cone, Fort Pulaski. Some of them are like pentagonal. And then they have the classic sort of four-pointed bastion fort star. 
But it seems like, at least in the United States, they're relatively simple compared to some of the designs I've seen from European star forts. Is this something that you would agree with, or have you found complex star forts here in North America? Well, there is, there is ones here that are complex, but part of the narrative has been to absolutely wipe out the star forts from North and South America and to erase that out of history. There's a bunch on the East Coast that you can find, but there's not many west of the Mississippi. Mm. And they've just they've just been hidden. They've been lost in time. They've been built over, repurposed. I mean, just just the whole fort story. I mean, even calling them star forts, it kinda is kind of hard for me now because they're absolutely not forts they were absolutely not built to be forts at all i think so what we're seeing is they're like a lot of the major cities were the main part of the city was a huge star fort and then there's like these satellite ones around it and Mm. it just it seems that it they're yeah all connected on ley lines they're all on water but so this yeah, would be more like a, are. like a, an ancient style of fortified city rather than what we would consider like a purely military fort. Today. Yeah, and it, totally. Not even fortified. I think the walls, just the the shape of the building, also conduct this you know energy as well. Right, like right. the shapes are important, and we one of the greatest tricks they've done is you know, turn these things into forts. And I don't doubt at all that they were used as forts because I'm sure they were. But if you came across some giant walled off city fortress, like, of course, you're going to jump in, you know, but. Mm, right. This I, is I mean, more I don't even repurposing buy. of what's not its original purpose. Totally. Totally. Right. Like right. any of the histories, I believe, of these star forts are just post them finding him, you know? Now, what elements have you noticed that surround the star forts? I pointed out water being a key feature that seems to aid in whatever energetic process. Are there any other key factors that you've noticed with these star energy devices? Well, yeah, the water is huge. And I mean, most major cities are built on water as we know it now anyways you know and most of these giant cities are actual star cities as well so yeah 100 percent. i think the architecture and the frequencies and just the vibes uh, i think that they were built to create to create frequencies that were nothing they were healing they were good feeling Mm. they you know like there's no talk about jobs or any of that shit back then. You know what I mean? Like they built to like live and prosper. Mm-hmm. And these, I'm sure these buildings, I mean, frequency creates form and form creates frequency. And these things were built to resonate these frequencies that we should be feeling that's been blocked from us for the last 600 years. You know, they've been do nothing but destroying, dismantling, bastardizing, hiding all these things from us right yeah the earth energies that are now just paved over it seems to your point like 
what I'm getting from what you're saying is that the earth was turned up in this shape in order to have an energetic healing effect. Wow, that's incredible. And it's very similar to what we're imagining the purpose of mound structures, which do exist west of the Mississippi and mm. in the east of the Mississippi, the the mound structures that were built by, according to our, let's say, official history, the mm. Native Americans. Now, considering what you've learned about Tartaria, where do these people fit in? Are, are they, you know here amongst the tartarians are they what we would call tartarians if history wasn't rewritten are they just sort of bystanders who had nothing to do with it and took over when the tartarians fell or were defeated how do you reconcile the presence of the native americans they they had migrated it was all part of one culture. The Native Americans are were part of the Tartarian culture and world. They migrated back and forth between them. It was vast. It wasn't like an empire. It was a free trade network. You know, it was friendly. It was hospitable. Right. And I, I mean, this is it's it's hard for people to hear. You know, but. There, there was an indoctrination period. People, I mean, we can't, none of us can tr really trust, you know, where we actually come from, who we actually are, you know, like a hundred years, 200 years is nothing in the grand scheme of things. So there, you know, there's been indoctrination to this narrative that like, that these savage Indians were here and, you know, the, colon the colonialists, and uh, these European discoverers came and conquered them. And, the, you know, that's the same history for just about anywhere. If you're the loser of this colo colonialism, that's going to be your history, you know. But you are savage people who, you know, these people came and wiped you out, basically. Right. Yeah, and I'm and just saying, go, go ahead. Uh, well, no, you, you go ahead. Yeah, sure. No problem. And we're not live or anything. So, you know, if we, okay, we need to, yeah, we need to take a pause or if you have something that you think of and, you know, or, yeah. you know, I go ahead and edit this podcast for cool. little breaks and stuff. But awesome. I was going to say, I've seen evidence of what we could consider a way more advanced culture if we want to use that sort of biased term because we're told that the native americans were building out of you know forest materials for lack of a better word foraged materials that they were not permanent structures and more seasonal yeah, structures which the nomads I'm, yeah but i've read stories that go back pretty far that talk about natives here in, in New England, or what was then named New England, they had these longhouses, some of the biggest native structures on the whole East Coast, these big, big longhouses made with large tree trunks. And the colonists marveled at how intricate the structure was and how fine the jewelry that lined the, the walls was and how 
you know, this was a place that they could invite a king to. It was so royal and, and esteemed. So there are legends that have been forgotten about these amazing structures that the Native Americans were supposedly the builders of. And, and not to mention, there's a whole set of strange stone alignments around here that I've been looking into. And I noticed one of your more, actually, I think the most recent Instagram post of yours is of a rock wall somewhere in California. And that's a big part of what we have going on. You may have noticed in Albany, they do have stone walls there as well, but they're much more prevalent on this side of the Hudson River. And I believe that they're aligned in a strange sort of cartography that maybe involves energy, plasma, something like that, and that the Native Americans were way more advanced than we're led to believe. So if if they were a part of this Tartari network, that would make a lot of sense. Do you think that the, the star forts are aligned in this same way to certain other star forts in a ley line arrangement or maybe even to astronomical features like constellations or planets? I mean, I haven't looked into it with my own eyes, but I there's definitely a lot of people who say they're on ley lines. And I'm sure they're, I mean, everything's astronomically aligned in the, this whole, when they talk about the Egyptians and all, all the Mayans, Aztecs and all them, you know? So I'm sure they have some kind of alignment like that as well. Right on. And to go back on the cathedrals, or to go back, how we were saying before, like about the frequencies and the architecture, like I, I went to a funeral, you know, maybe eight months ago, and it's the first time I've been in a church, you know, fucking forever. And it was a big, you know, like old, glorious one. And I was just sitting there, you know, just thinking. And the pastor was talking a lot about like, the presence of God and all this stuff and feeling it. And it got me thinking that, and cause people have this theory as well about the cathedrals were like healing stations, power stations. And when he was saying that, I just, it just popped in my head that, you know, they've disguised like frequency as God, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, if, if this church, if this church was built to, to create this, awesome feel this frequency that made you feel awesome it'd be pretty easy to tell people that you know that well that's the power of god coming through this you know that's the power mm. of god with, well, yeah. with you you know what i mean like that's yeah, very convenient they, for I them mean, totally there's a lot of those conveniences like our world is full of them for sure mm. well and it makes total sense that they would have to control you know, the population destroyed these cities where this effect was happening throughout the whole city and replaced them where maybe it was localized to a very small controllable place like a church where they can control the experience, have, you know, complete set and setting control for this person's induced hallucination or feeling of healing. I mean, it's, it's no surprise that in these places where the energy is vibrating at high rates 
our bodies, which are comprised of how much percent water <laughs> would be mm-hmm. affected. I mean, we've all seen the images, I'm sure. If not, look it up. Masaru Emoto took all these amazing images of different crystal structures that can be provoked in water using a type of a freezing and photography. Oh, yeah, that's the guy with the, the glass, and he takes the pictures. Of, Absolutely. They, they, sh- they show a, a glass of water, a, a picture of, like, someone smiling, and then he puts it in the freezer and then takes a picture of it afterwards, and then they create these crazy, awesome, I mean, star, cymatic, star for you know, patterns. You just nailed it. That's the word, <laughs> cymatic. And, and that's what we're talking about because we, we see throughout religion the, the combination of word and sound, much like this podcast and much like what you do as a musician, we're combining word and sound in different ways and it, basically creating and playing with a person's experience in that moment, wherever they are, whether it's at a concert or when they're just tuning in. And yeah, I think that cymatics are now being used, unfortunately, through the the psychotronic way with technology, phones and apps and, and of course the mainstream media. And we need to, I don't know, change somehow maybe we're all sensing this impulse and that can possibly explain the resurgence in this information the popularity online people naturally sensing some sort of inherent code in the patterns of the star forts seeing that and saying yeah that feels good because it naturally does it have a organic difference on your body i mean it's a a biological change wow yeah man and like yeah exactly and i was just thinking as you're talking like you know a lot of people do bring up like the psyop of tartarian you know and that's fine you know question i don't it's all good but like there's nothing out of tartaria that's like negative that anyone has been bringing up you know we've all talked about how as a one world you know, f- free civilization where people got along and, you know, <laughs> didn't enslave each other and force people to work, you know, like what is a psyop in that? You know what I mean? Like we're talking about, you know, lifting our consciousness and going back to that, you know, like that's how we get out of this system and the society is we go, we got to go back to now, that. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate because you're challenging me to in a way and it's all it's all in good fun don't be offended but I would say I mean to the same point that we have with the positive point of view on Tartarius to your point right it's like okay they're hiding this information what's wrong with learning it well if that information it was deceptively put there don't you think maybe there's something even further that they're hiding from us and and maybe all of the things that we take away from tartaria are true they've just been supplanted with false false sources so that we could never receive any sort of academic credit but it's it's deceptive because it it falls in line exactly with what i was describing and you were describing which is this organic pattern that we all sense as human beings do you think that's possible that it could just be and again i i've had both 
positions openly discussed on the show. I'm not for or against it being a psyop in any way. I just think that the conversation should be had, and, and I wonder what your thoughts are. No, I mean, trust me, I'm I'm the most untrustworthy of anything probably you've ever talked to. Like, I'm the most suspicious and questioning person I I know of, you know. And of course, like through all this, you know, I question, you know, like I thought about it for sure, you know, like why is this now? Like, why am I finding all this shit? You know, right. there's definitely times where you know some people call it downloads, and you know, I could, I could the same thing. I could call a download. I could say a plant. Uh, it was planted, you know. Hmm. And there's like so much stuff where it's like, you know, like well, if they are leading me on this trail, like. It is absolutely the most fascinating thing that I've ever been into. So fuck it. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Um, I'm with but, you 100. But for real, though, you know, yeah. Like I just, you know, I'm not trying to say it's not, and I'm sure I'm not right on everything at all. And the thing is, it is deeper. Like Tartaria is just scratching the surface, you know? It goes so much deeper if you go and just follow follow whatever threads take you. Like, it is much deeper than just Tartaria. And it's kind of a shame, you know, it's become this, you know, word, but it's okay, you know? I'm happy with it. I know it's deeper and simpler than just, you know, Tartaria, just Tartaria or Tartary, you know? Mm. And it's really, I mean, I've found that by looking for it. Right. You know, it's, and I am convinced that if anyone actually looks into it, they will see it as well. Yeah. And we like see, it, we see this like cymatic technology that we're discussing here hinted at in the building itself with the stained glass windows and their variant you know all the different variations of color and geometry and you find these brilliant circular almost like those coloring books that they sell the mandela mandala coloring books right these beautiful yep. circular patterns and it really makes you wonder like okay there's no like if there's no like jesus on a cross or something simple to look at why is it there you know like it there has to be a purpose for this other than just purely to make something look beautiful i think a lot of people shake their head at some of these explanations that we have in this community because they're like well it's it's just beautiful like what why do you need to explain art and i don't know i think form and function have equal equal val or equal quality worth looking into i think you would uh, agree. totally yeah totally just like you said like there's much more to everything than there is you know it's much deeper than everything well, and, and yeah, another you know, thing it that... is beautiful. Fuck yeah, those things are beautiful, and it's it's art. Yeah, but it's it's actually more than art. It's like if they're playing the organ music out of there, and that thing is essentially a speaker, and it's just projecting those cymatic frequencies. Red you know, and it's like a <laughs> it's basically like love. I mean, you can think of it as any way. We, I like to think of it as then, back then, they were dropping love bombs and positive vibrations on yeah. people. Yeah, 
And now, now they're dropping negative vibrations and hate bombs on people. You know, that's why things keep getting crazier and crazier in society. Mm. You know, these people who took over or inherited all this technology, all this architecture, they've bastardized it right. and used it against us ever since. And right. there's that's one huge example. I mean, you can just look at a speaker. You know, look at a picture of a speaker and then look at, you know, they call them the, what is it? The rose, the, I don't know, the cathedral rose or some shit, but they call, you know, they call it a rose. It's a rose, but no, it's a speaker. It's a speaker. Just like I'm not the, familiar uh, with what you're talking about, but you did point out something I was going to bring up and I'm glad you brought it up. The organs and the, the amazing architecture that literally goes into this instrument i mean it seems like it's a piece of the building itself it's not simply just like an instrument that someone can call, go and like bring home with them like we're talking about massive huge instruments that are built into the structure of the cathedrals themselves i mean if someone doesn't look at that and ask themselves a how did they build those and b you know what were their thoughts on the, the purpose beyond just making a noise? No, totally. And the, the organs, are, I mean, it, that's a great example for sure, because most of these, or, you know, there's organs. I mean, they're just sitting in basements. They're, they're not working anymore. These old giant organs were thousands of pieces all tuned together. And it's like, why would... You know, with these pipes that are, you know, dozens of feet or if not, you know, 50, 100 feet, like why would they build this huge thing, this huge organ? And I mean, other than just like, obviously it sounds awesome, but it's like, you know, if you think of the cathedral as like this frequency resonator and the organ is, is shooting the frequency off the architecture, and creating this vibe like it then it can really make sense mm, right and and that's just the tip of the iceberg when we're talking about this forgotten technology i mean it seems like there's one character that's become very famous by reinventing a lot of what we had back then this elon musk figure of mm. course naming himself his company tesla is talking about creating these pneumatic tubes which apparently they had for transportation in the 1800s these steam yeah. propelled cars that would fly through these you know big tubes and take you through the city in a matter of moments we have this evidence for this maybe being underground and then there's all sorts of other technology it looks like robots were present as far back as like the 1830s and 40s, they had these robots that were doing like boxing matches against <laughs> strong men. Like, oh, could he defeat the robot? Who knows? Show up Saturday and find out. Yeah. It's wild. Totally. I mean, yeah, it's a trip. I mean, they've, they've definitely taken... I'm, con I'm convinced that they've taken all this this infrastructure and all this frequency power stations just to put it simply and totally bastardizes bastardizes against us 
Now you just look at like water and all the dams they've built. They're they just fucking went and just dammed up a river and then pumped it through a hydroelectric plant and then created electricity and then charged us for it. You know what I mean? Like that's I mean free energy you can go crazy with pulling stuff out of the ether and all that but you can easily power anything with some good running water you know and that's free energy too right right um, well and also so that's one of those things you know we see a lot of what look like lightning absorption structures or some sort of way of gathering electricity from the atmosphere have you looked into that at all yeah definitely i mean those are all I mean, those, the, the, the roof, what the hell are they? Uh, we can call them the, spires, lightning rod also yeah, seems yeah, the to light, be work. Yeah. Lightning rod was the word I was thinking of, you know, cause that's like, you know, was the main explanation. I, I don't know what it is currently, but hmm. I mean, those, those uh, like iron cymatic patterns collect the energy and like, why would you want to shoot? the top of your building with lightning, you know, it's like, you're worried it's going to hit something else. It's like, dude, you're hitting your house. You know what I mean? That, I, even if you have a perfect landing spot for it, like that's still super sketchy, you know? Yeah. I wonder but how it, many architects listening would recommend that on like the average, like new home that's being built. Like, Oh yeah. Let's put a lightning rod above the porch. <laughs> No, totally. I mean, if you're golfing and it and it starts fucking raining and thundering, they'll get they'll kick your ass out of there because you're carrying fucking twenty lightning rods in your pocket in your bag. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. oh yeah, put it on put it on your house in case there's lightning. I mean, those are. I mean, that's a clear and plain sight of like how that collects energy. Mm. You know, from there it's absorbed. You know, it is a the bricks or, you know. I haven't gone too deep down that rabbit hole, but to me, I can, that makes sense. You know, seeing that at least like interests me to look into it and you look into it and see that, like you said, you know, they had steam powered cars. I remember I was looking, I found some old pictures like 1903 San Francisco and it was like the most amazing high def photo, which is, you know, maybe another story, but I was wanting to know what the car was. And I looked at cars in 1903 and I can't remember how many cars are on the market, maybe 60, but half of them were electric. Huh. And I was just like, what the fuck, you know, like that, you know, they, I, they act like this, these electric cars are the newest thing on the block. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's funny. <laughs> it does, it's not that hard to just see through that trick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, Nikola Tesla. I mean, he was allegedly driving an electric car that, was powered by the what he called the free energy from the from the hertz from the earth's i forget the proper term i think it is the some sphere of the earth <laughs> and and i i want to know next i mean do you think that flat earth and tartaria are subjects that go hand in hand do you think that it's a part of the the hidden history that there's more land out there than we're told or, or possibly even like a hollow earth. Do you entertain those theories when you're looking into this? No, for sure. I mean, I, I never questioned the shape of the earth until like, I don't know, a handful of years ago. 
like, you know, yeah, I'll say a handful of years ago and, and I was resistant to it even then because, you know, I was like, I know, I, I just had a feeling I was like, okay, I, like, I'm not ready to go there because I know, like, it's going to make sense, you know, and so process and what I, what I, why I think it is tied together is because once you get to flat earth and you're, you're in that place and, you know, that's a huge lie. You know what I mean? I mean, that's like a big one, <laughs> probably the biggest deception. If it's true, it's, you know, yeah. Like, when, when you we've all been, use the statement, I mean? like, question everything, that's about yeah. everything. <laughs> totally. So like, you know, at least, you know, I feel like at the time when in this recent time, at least in the last four or five or six years when flat earth became prominent again, you know, so once you're there and you're like, I mean, you're against, you know, fucking 99% of the world, you know? Mm. Um, it's as that, punk rock as it gets when it comes to theory. Totally. Totally. Well, and to one up that, I feel like Tartaria, like if you're at flat earth, Tartaria is easy. It, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Because mm. there is a progression, you know, it, it's hard to go from zero to a hundred in anything, even in these new electric cars it takes a few seconds, but you know what I mean? Like it, it's, everyone has their own path and their own learning growth. And I feel like flat earth is right before the progression of Tartaria of, as far as like self you know, growth and looking, looking into things like mm -hmm. if you're into flat earth, Tartaria, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, with flat earth. I, I mean, I feel like this with any conspiracy, that's like, that's why I don't hate, you know, like, because if you boil down every one, it comes to basically the system or the state lying to the people. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. We, we all have a common ground, you know, we all have a common ground. I don't care if you're a fucking gray alien, reptilian believer. I don't care if you got abducted by aliens. I don't care if you're Tartaria, flat earth, fucking whatever. We all know that it, it's because of these powers that be are lying to us. Mm -hmm. And so it, they, if we believe that they're lying to us, why, what am I to believe? Why should I not believe why they think they're lying? to Sasquatch about Sasquatch, you know mm, what I mean? Like, right. of course, you know, well, and, and that was kind of part of my whole progression when I was a kid too, is like seeing these politicians, you know, blah, 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 during the, their run up for the election, talk about this and that, you know, and everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do it. And then the election comes around, nothing happens like it did. Everyone's pissed, you know, like it's, it's the same kind of thing, you know? I hear you, man. I'm, I want to go in so many different directions because I'm with you. And I think that's like, that's a lot of where I started with this is like question everything because these fuckers are clearly lying to us. And the more you find out that the elites are behind what we were taught in school, the easier it is to entertain these really radical ideas like hey they were probably lying to us about everything that right down to the shape of the earth and you know i i respect a lot of different really open-minded positions on this show i think sometimes people in my position as a host 
are safer to not have an extreme position because it leaves you maybe more open to the types of guests you can have on, which that's what I intend yeah. to, to do with this show is, is not alienate myself, but also interview people who go across the whole spectrum. So I'm wondering, yeah, you know, I mean, where do you stand on this interdimensional world? I mean, you suggested Bigfoot and aliens and, and I've been looking into CERN a lot lately. It's come mm -hmm. up in different interviews. People are suggesting that we're experiencing a rift in some sort of dimension. Do you think that has a factor in Tartaria? Maybe Tartaria is a part of an alternative timeline that we're all slipping into where this was rewritten out of history. And that's why it seems like, you know, kind of a, a new phenomena, if you will. Yeah, for sure. What was the first part of that? About this like idea that we're possibly living with some sort of rift in like the dimensions or, or some sort of timeline rift. Or before before that, I, should, I, should, I well, had something to say. Maybe you were talking because I did mention something about your thoughts on Bigfoot and aliens and where oh, they yeah, fit yeah, yeah. into CERN and all that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, you, you're asking me about, yeah. Go for it. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm open-minded, like I'm open-minded, but I really think anything is possible. I'll say as far as like flat earth and globe earth, I mean, and you mentioned hollow earth, you know, I was into that, you know, for a while, I pretty much read just about anything, you know, that was written about hollow earth and Lemuria and all that stuff. And I, you know, I think that's freaking awesome, but I'm, I actually think that I, I think we're, our realm is concave instead of globe, a globe. And we could possibly be on the inside of a gigantic globe-like earth. And it's so gigantic that it looks flat and it wow. could be actually flat for, you know, yeah, and I I kind of picture like kind of like a beehive of realms throughout it. Mm, okay. you know, it might not might not be that close together, but we're possibly in a bee like one of those realms. Like um, it's almost like a cluster of of bubbles, right? Like this, like yeah. uh, like ice bubble that we're told used to be in the atmosphere, like popped, and now it's like this wall walling us from whatever land space is connected to us. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely more along those lines. Huh. It's I mean, it's a trip. There's yeah. there. I mean, it's not a. I mean, I didn't come up with that out of out of my own. Interestingly, the the Branch Davidians, like the Koresh dude, mm -hmm. like back. I think it might have been at the turn of the century, the original dude who called himself Koresh believed in a concave earth hmm. and that, you know, the center was like the sun and the moon and these stars. And, you know, maybe this hollow earth that they've, that everyone's talking about, maybe the hollow earth is just the outside of our realm, you know, hmm. on the outside of the globe, we're on the inside and they're all trying to get out. <laughs> That's a trip. Yeah, no, that is very interesting. Almost like a lens or a plane. Is that what you're sort of visualizing? Yeah. I mean, maybe there's these portals between, you know, the inside realm and the outside realm. Hmm. Yeah. 
maybe that's why they're so fascinated with mining and caving and you know all these building these underground you know mm. systems one well, you even have some <laughs> creation myths and you know cataclysm myths from certain tribes that discuss going underground and and being saved underground totally. rather than you know being put on boats or something like we have with the flood story that seems to be all over the world but yeah man yeah. this is it's really interesting I would say, you know, when it comes to Tartaria, another really interesting theory that I've heard is that the train system and these like airships were somehow a part of it. Have you looked into that at all? Yeah, well, it definitely seems there's lots of picture evidence or there's lots of pictures that don't look like they're laying that like they're building train tracks it's that they're digging it out and you know what perspectives are everything but there's lots there the real fishy things are with the timelines they say they built these railroads and who are the people behind who built the railroads like in san francisco particular you know we like the robber barons of all robber barons for from here Leland Stanford, Huntington, Mark Hopkins, freaking, I can't think of the other mother, Crocker. You know, they started all these railroads. I I think it was all built on infrastructure. I also think these, a lot of the aqueducts and these waterways that, you know, they diverted so many rivers and everything. I mean, they've completely manipulated, mm. you know, the world, like... Creating um, canals and whatnot. Now, when you say, well, I think a lot of these work. Do you mean like pre-existing in infrastructure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pre-existing, like yeah, you know, a different, you know, state of disrepairs. You know, like just ruins. I think so. What I think, <laughs> where to start? Where I think, you know, I think at least when they were in America, you know, fucking genociding all the savage natives. I think they knew where a lot of these major s cities were with these Starfort and these free energy infrastructures. And it was like a free for all to get to them to see what was still workable or not. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I, I think they knew, like, I think they knew where all this stuff was. It was basically a free for all, you know, to right. get to it. Who's going to get to it? Right. Yeah, that is very interesting. I I would love to go for like a train ride like through the American Southwest and out through California that way and see, you know, how they got these train tracks over mountains and, and such, you know. It must be yeah. very interesting history that they have to explain all that. And yeah, I don't doubt it. I mean, who knows? Maybe they we're building it on pre-existing cuts that someone, an ancient culture or maybe a more recent culture that was written out of history, and maybe they were building it. Do you entertain the idea that these Tartarians were giants? Are the giants connected to their civilization? Do you think that like the Tartarians existed with the giants or, or were giants themselves? It definitely seems like there was giants, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't really have a theory on it per se, but I possibly maybe they were an older 
you know, pre-Tartaria race, maybe they were, it was just, they were coexisting people, you know, like, you know, how we had, I mean, there was different looking people back then as there is now, you know? Mm. Well, you, you posted and, you something know? on Instagram. I saw the Mohican giant, which was in instantly interesting for me because we have a similar name tribe that's still here, the Mohegan tribe, but uh, Mohican was a different group of people. And yeah, this is a very large man as he's depicted here on a sort of hillside. And there's like, I mean, a tree next to him that doesn't even look like, <laughs> like I mean, he looks very tall. Yeah. So I'm just, not, the, yeah, the perspective is just like, wow, that guy is fucking huge, you know? Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. like how they drew it. I mean, yeah, definitely there was giants. I think there was all, we're, all part of it you know i who yeah you know what i mean like when they were i mean oh, it's just crazy it's crazy man i i don't know i feel like giants were just freaking were there people were giants people weren't you know for sure right now the you... reason they've covered it up i mean i would say that's probably it they were probably pretty important which is why they've completely covered it up or not completely, but just about, you know what I mean? I'm sure they have an important part in our real history. Right. Now, you mentioned going to Albany before we got started here. Have you witnessed any or seen any or come across any buildings that you think are examples of Tartarian structures that are still standing? I mean, some people say that there's a lot in San Francisco. I've never been there myself but yeah where what have you noticed yeah i mean there's there's evidence everywhere every city you look at just about there's definitely there's definitely cities that are i kind of call them like set piece cities or kind of newer cities or this happens in the wet the west a lot there's kind of a lot of you know old-timey western cities but sprinkled in between those are these brick cities, you know what I mean? Mm. Now, what about the brick cities are interesting? Well, I mean, I think the brick, the, the brick buildings definitely are, if they aren't Tartarian or like this last, or who we're talking about, they're definitely a clue to like building on the power grid of this pre-existing culture. Mm. I've heard a story um, about the Cherokee having all these brick buildings in South Carolina when the colonists came and, and apparently they had been living in those types of structures for a long time. Yeah, I haven't heard that one, but it does not surprise me one single bit. There's a crazy star fort in South Carolina. I think it's, it's South of North Carolina. I mean, there's there's star forts out there, you know, and those all they're all brick. Hmm. I, I brick is a conductive, you know, material substance. Yeah. I think it can, yeah, material. Yeah, it holds energy. It it doesn't get super hot. You know, so there's you a reason that... they built it, and you know, there's brick buildings that stood. You know, for history, for to believe history, there's buildings that stood in SF. They survived the 1906 quake. They survived the 89 quake brick buildings, you know? Mm. So like the whole thing about them being unstable, it's, it's bullshit. Cause there's plenty of examples of brick buildings surviving it. 
Mm. Yeah, there's one really interesting building that I've noticed. You could see it from the highway here in Connecticut in Bridgeport. They have the Barnum and Bailey Museum, the famous circus guy, which, you know, people, I wonder what your thoughts are on him, because I think he's a very interesting character. He's probably connected to the world expositions, but his building is made of these red and orange bricks, and they have a very interesting sort of, I forget the proper term, it's like an onion-shaped roof, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, Yeah, and it's made of brick. For sure, I mean, I... I actually want to say that they were connected to Expos, or they at least, you know, were at Expos mm, starting, circuses. you know, doing their thing, you know? Yeah. A lot of, so yeah, back then, you know, they, so the expositions, you know, we kind of glossed over it earlier, but I'm of the belief that these expositions were one part, like just indoctrinating this new world order you know this new world this new history and to everyone you know from 1851 until you know the 1940s but i haven't looked at any since then i want to say but at least till 1940s of this indoctrination of the world for sure and uh, what was i just fucking saying well, the age of indoctrination is definitely so they use oh, yeah, the yeah. expositions to sort of roll this out is that your thought yeah 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 so yeah they are they use the expositions and then as like radio and television you know were introduced the the players you know it was it it's definitely switched to uh, you know they figured out at least real quick you know that we can be programmed way easier through the TV and movies and entertainment than we can by going to these expos, you know? Mm. And so like these early entertainers, like Ringling Brothers, Barnum Bailey, you're saying even like Charlie Chaplin, like you watch those now with this questioning mind, you're like, wow, like Charlie Chaplin was like programming our grandparents or our great grandparents, you know, on how to act, how to be, this is how, the world is you know the tramp and and all that kind of stuff you know it's a trip they've used entertainment you know since the beginning as part of mind control probably the best probably the best and we don't even know what they shoot out what they can shoot out you know just think what frequencies they can put unnoticed in the audio that just zap you or what they could be telling you you know like mm-hmm. right Yeah, no, no doubt. I think that's one of the biggest dangers and why I appreciate podcasting so much because it helped me get away from that traditional mainstream culture and find a replacement that was way more fulfilling. And now we see, like to our earlier point, a lot of people very interested in this type of thing. And I hope it's used for good. Do you think we'll see people building brick structures with these sort of sacred geometric proportions and maybe even going out of their way to utilize different energy techniques have you seen any examples of that i feel like those kind of seeds are really selling right now and that's Mm. that's the the i feel like that's the way this whole thing should go you know is all right let's you know like this is how we break away like I know everyone, at least I'm sure who listens to your show is like fed up or like 
sick of what's going on. How do we get out of this? How do we break the system? And we break it by freaking getting the fuck out. We know these, we know there's these tools that work water. You can use water to create electricity. You know what I mean? All these things like we need to, that is the next move. I feel like is taking what we've learned, this acoustic energy, all this kind of stuff. And applying it to our lives, you know? And I really feel like that seed is being sown. Like there is people like autodidactic and the Tartarian truth girls in Australia, like they're, they're really have been going down that kind of road. Like, all right, we know history is a lie. We know they've been controlling us. We know this isn't the way to live. Let's do it ourselves. Let's break away and you know live how we want to live and i think that is you know the message of this you know like we've all been trying to escape the system and like these are the clues right there you know like you can there's free energy you don't have to pay for it you don't have to be under the control of the system you can grow your own food you don't have to go to the supermarket you could trade with people you know create a small community and you know, really break away. And I love the idea of people. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a carpenter. I build shit. I have a lot of friends who are as well. And who are definitely, they may not, might not be in, into Tartaria as much as I am, but you know, they question it as much. And I'd love to actually start figuring out like, yeah, let's build something that like create, that creates a good frequency. Let's, actually build something that will create that and have it be like a space that people can go or you're just your house, you know, like how do you build your house where the vibes are just killer? Yeah. Dude. Yes. Yes, brother. Yes. And I hope Big you, time. I hope you do that. I mean, out there in the great state of California, I'm sure you can find some really stellar wood that has like some age and energy to it maybe find something that you could reclaim that, you know, would be better off not on the forest floor. And yeah, you just get yeah, enough of that magic going. I mean, think about the, the contrast that most people have, you know, they build a house in a very natural wild space, but then they're living in this like modern cube box thing. You know, it's like, I think there's definitely room for skilled people like yourself who have this fascination and curiosity that many of us have, you know, and molding those two things together into, you know, a really excellent craftsman. You know, what you can bring to the world is, is amazing. I would recommend looking into Victor Schauberger. He was like a, a logger and like a sort of fieldsmen who lived in Austria and found out all these things about the sacred nature of water and the fluid dynamics and these different things that are way out of my league. I wouldn't be able to convey them, but I would recommend him to you if you haven't already heard of him. And then, yeah, man, as a, as a carpenter, I'm sure you can cook something up. I feel like I feel like we all have something to contribute to this, you know? Right. Yes. You know, and you know, let, let's get creative, you know, like, it, you know, 
it's that it's time to put proof in the pudding. Let's do this. Let's prove it. You know, like let's make this world a better place, you know, and mm. our own way. And it does just start with, it's, it starts with yourself. It's personal move. You can't like, you can't like do anything. The, the right thing is you need to be in the right spot. You know, the right thing is the right thing. And it starts with you. I mean, this whole, I've grown so much as a person, you know, and I've stuck, you know, just, I've stuck to my shit, you know, that's like, you know, and I'm grateful that going back to the early thing about my parents, like, you know, they've seen after all these years that, yeah, okay, yeah, this clearly ain't a phase, you know, he's, <laughs> he is, you know, like, and they've come to terms with it as it is, you know, like, that's a beautiful adapt thing. and survive, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, start, you don't have to fucking go to anarchopoco, you know, the first time you hear about anarchism, you know, like you can take it slow. It's like one thing at a time, do what works, you know, like there's, right. there's tons of ways to do it. And, Agreed. And it's all for a better thing, all for a better world. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing what comes to us, you know, and I think there's a sort of path that is waiting for us, a hero's journey, if you will. And not everyone's going to be a hero that gets recognized or maybe, you know, even is noticed, but you have a role and you have a purpose and in your own unique way, you are a hero when you act on that purpose. No, for sure. And, you know, that the whole part of it is that like, you know, if you do this, no one might ever fucking notice or say a thing, you know, mm. but you're still going to do it. Cause that's the right thing. You know, like that's a big part of the journey too. Right. And I think that's part of what they're trying to weaponize this social media with people to think that, you know, Oh, it's all about what people think and, and they lose sight of what's really important which is having a direct experience of your life and yeah and i think you know when we begin to question everything in this radical way we're bound to find these mysteries that are waiting for us to figure out i mean what are some mysteries that you've unlocked beyond tartar i mean you mentioned sasquatch earlier are you interested in any other strange Fordian phenomena like that yeah, I mean, I've I've always been into paranormal stuff, and I mean, I was into aliens and Bigfoot for a long time. You know, I'd had my perspectives have changed on both over the years. But I, you know, the the reason or like how, you know how I've got here now has I've gone, you know, I've gone through all these different things, and you know, it's been a long journey of like putting together all of this previous stuff. You know, I did the Bigfoots, the aliens, the young, the the Nietzsche, you know, the spiritualism. But it all, like, literally, it all has got me here and helped me understand this more and made me feel more confident about what it actually is, you know, because I've drawn from all my previous, you know, research or whatever, to get to like these ideas and theories, you know, like I didn't just come up with it out of the blue or like watch someone's video, you know, like the big, 
the biggest things I feel like I've discovered or at least come to realization with has been stuff that I've pulled from other genres or a whole other experience where I've been like, oh, you know, the connection's made. And it's like, wow. No, I think I, I think a lot like the hero's journey, I think people are placed, you know, people are placed in the path of the hero's journey all the time, you know, and it it could be a, a short hero's journey. It could be a long hero's journey. But a lot of it is being able to see it and pay attention to what's going on, you know, and mm. when, when you're just at work 40 plus hours a week and barely paying a rent and hustling and fighting with your partner, like it's hard to think about anything else besides that, you know, and that is definitely a part of their plan is to keep people occupied with just this bullshit life, you know, like this bullshit existence, mm. go work for this corporation my whole life. And maybe I'll get a pension and a retirement. Like, dude, what, what the hell we have thousands of years of his story. And that has never really been a part of it until the last few hundred years. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, man. I hear you, dude. It's, it's this slow, oppression this saturnian energy this materialistic force that's taken over people's minds and and yeah it does feel like they're rewriting the holistic organic bio connection that we had and erasing it from our history and and you know as we put earlier this colonial force it's the same old story same old song and dance everywhere they go i mean from totally africa to southeast asia to south america up here in north america i wonder you know now that the internet is becoming more readily available if we'll see similar structures internationally have you seen star forts in places like the continent of africa or or maybe even in places like southeast asia or australia oh they're everywhere dude. they're everywhere damn yeah they're everywhere they're wow. absolutely it's not like it's not a concentrated thing they're everywhere they've been melted into different narratives and in, in different countries you know and but they're there. Like we're, people are finding them all the time. I found ones, you know, like they're there. They've, they've hidden them well in places like America and Africa, South America, you know, a lot of times they've been built over and, and they're called pyramids, you know, or Pueblos, mm. you know, that, you know, that's a lot of what I've been looking into lately, but they're everywhere. They're everywhere. It's not, Thing. And people, there's great Google Maps out there. People have mapped them where you could find it. It's, it's when you see it, it's like, it's, it's like, it's ridiculous because it, there's just like red dots over the entire globe of like marks of star forts, you know? Mm, and right. if you're like, okay, you know, it, so, you know, when we start talking about this one, you know, this one huge culture that spanned all the continents, and then you see that there's star forts in every single continent all over the place. You know, there's not, not a clue that, you know, that that's possible, you know, like, I think that's a huge clue, honestly. Now, this question might seem like it's out of left field. I don't know. 
dragons do they fit into this i mean it's a big part of mythology all over the world and it seems to be largely forgotten about much like giants have you come across anything that connects dragons to this well i think i mean i am for sure convinced i think a lot of people in the tartarian community i think basically accept that dinosaur bones dinosaurs were actually dragons what we know of dinosaurs and all that T-Rex, freaking Brontosaurus, all that, that's just, they took bones of dragons and, you know, built a T-Rex and a raptor, you know? So I think dragons were absolutely real. I think they're the closest thing to be a, it's what dinosaurs, whatever dinosaurs were was fucking dragons, basically. Yeah, man, I'm and probably you. wasn't fucking billion years ago, or whenever they said it was. Well, I, I mean, if someone told me it was five hundred years ago, I'd be like, "Whoa!" I mean, I, I just blew my mind. You know, like how does, wow, you know, how do I uh, look into that? Yeah. Just things like that. You know, it's a whole new perspective. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know they were roaming around. You know, the whole medieval times with the. Uh, the dragons and all that. He used to say that wasn't, you know, 600 years ago. Yeah. 200 years. <laughs> well, and the same people that used to be fighting dragons, were told, the knights and whatnot, those same knight orders became groups like the Royal Society and the scientific societies of different varieties that went around and took away the giant bones and took away the dinosaur or dragon bones and then repurpose them reshape them and gave us these like plaster mock-up dummies in the museums they're not even mm -hmm. real bones they're just made of plaster yeah 100 percent, man 100 wow. percent. and and you know they changed it all of a sudden they're like oh wait you know what birds you know dragons had her dinosaurs had feathers you know now they switched that whole thing up and it's like Come on, dude. You, you just you just made it even more stupid. You know that just for me. That's a trigger that you know. Obviously, it's a clear that they're just bullshitting, right? Wow, man. But yeah, I mean, and you know, part it's it's really not that crazy to think about because whenever they pulled this off, whether it was a hundred years ago, five hundred years ago, whatever, even if it was a hundred years ago, the student who went to college to be an archaeologist in the 70s or the 80s learned from that whole indoctrination system from preschool through college that this is the narrative you know and so if she's out on a dig in arizona and digs up some gigantic bones she's only going to try and fit it into her narrative otherwise they're you know they're gonna she's gonna get xed off you know she ain't gonna finish her thing or whatever <laughs> get fired whatever get pressure so even most people don't even think that there could be another explanation so if you find some giant bones in the middle of arizona you're gonna think well sh these are huge they must be dinosaurs you know absolutely that's how you know over time like the lie becomes like they didn't have to pull off dinosaurs aren't real for the last 500 years you know or dinosaurs are real for the last 500 years they only had to pull it off for whatever certain time 
they convinced people that dinosaurs were real and the narrative just took it with it as it went, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, you could see it. I mean, there is this indoctrination. Do you think that this is tied to a cataclysm? Was there a big event that caused an opportunity for them to restructure what we considered normal history? I do. And I do because, well, A, like pretty much every, you know, I've thrown up quotes, but no one can see me, you know, every culture and civilization has this great deluge flood myth, you know? So for one there, I just fucking, I just lost it. With the cataclysm? Well, well, Would it be like- Okay, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. I'm back on. So yeah, so the, every, you know, mythology has a story of a, a cataclysm. So right there, you know, I, I feel like, okay, that there's a cataclysm, you know, five, 600 years ago. I think that there could either be the cataclysm and people were picking up the pieces of that. But what what I do think probably more happened, and I think so because like our history as we know is just filled with nothing but war and just destruction and death. And so I have to think that if the people who took over after this event, you know, were just sicko psychopaths like that, then it probably was some kind of a war like greater than anything we could imagine like probably i mean i don't probably you know i mean definitely weapons you know that aren't used today you know plasma acoustic light weapons you know all that kind of stuff so yeah i think there was an event but i i think i think it was a war but i mean i'm not you know don't I'm cool if it ain't a war, you know what I mean? I just, there was something. And just, you know, based on, you know, our current controllers, for me, war is a better choice than cataclysm, but were they, was it the same thing? You know, did the war create the cataclysm? Do you think it was you know? a force outside of the human race or do you think it was elements within the human race? I think it was in the human race. I don't know. Okay. Just curious. Yeah, I don't I I feel like I maybe that came off as like an accusatory question. No, I know no, you're no. not a part of it yourself. I, mean, I know you didn't yeah. cause the cataclysm. So, I mean, I'm I I don't I'm not against like UFOs like a lot of people are, but even before I got into flat earth and Tartaria, I had a pretty good suspicion that well, at least I had a, a, a that it was probably like government experiments, you know, like MK Ultra kind of thing or whatever. Mm. And I still feel like that's possibly true. But and thinking of like the beehive realm, maybe some people came from another little hive and corrupted what was going on. I I can see that. I, I would definitely throw that out there. And that, you know, that is a UFO. Those are the UFOs, you know? Yeah, like ultra-terrestrials rather than, like, extraterrestrials. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I tend to go, like, opposite of the narrative first and go backwards from there. Right. And a lot of times, opposite of the narrative, like, makes 
a shit ton of sense. So like, you know, it's a good starting place at least, you know, for me, I think. Agree, yeah. Casey. Agree. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think that's a hell of a synopsis. And yeah, I mean, geez, you, you answered the question that I always love to ask, which is, does your family think you're crazy? And apparently they're with you a little more than they used to be. And I could see why. I mean, you make a compelling case, but when people are dealing with their humdrum, whatever, and, and maybe a conversation like this has shifted their awareness in a positive way, which I know it will. And I know it has already for me, cause I'm really excited about everything we talked about and looking into it further. What do you think I should do next? What do you think the listeners should do next? Where should someone look if they're curious and, and, and want to f- learn more? Well, if you, you know, if you, people want to, if you want to learn about Tartaria specific stuff, there's a lot of, of good YouTube channels out there, like autodidactic, like I mentioned earlier, John Levi, Andre Sirtis, Philip Drusen, it's mud flood advanced research channel i think these are ogs who have tons of videos that like break down a lot of different theories within tartar for sure i mean if you want to actually just look if you want to look for yourself into history just look into your wherever you live you know i guarantee i guarantee there's going to be fishiness just you know look at your civic look at your downtown civic center look into the histories and just see, you know, see where it leads you. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's all I did that got me here. And it's, I haven't stopped. It hasn't stopped. Like that's why I'm, I'm just confident. All you have to do is just look for yourself. And it's like, you know, there's haters out there. It's like, why, you know, why are you so like defensive and want to be a part of this fucking terrible history we have anyways, you know, it's genocides and slaveries and just corruption and oppression. Like, wouldn't it be great to know that that wasn't our actual history? You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be fucking awesome? Like we're, I think we are fucking figuring out that that is not our actual history that this is some new shit that they fucking put on us. And, you know, let's break free for sure. Let's fucking break free. Fuck them. Fuck them. Well said, Casey. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And yeah, I agree, man. I think that, you know, why would we cling to this narrative that is so full of lies already? I mean, even the, scholars who sit in their ivory league on their bullshit their pompous bullshit even they admit that most of the history they forgot or lied about so yeah i think it's about time that folks like yourself radicals like us the listeners and everyone else go and question not just what we've been taught but what you can see around you in your own city i think that's a big part of what people are beginning to do and and you know definitely go and check out our friend here stargate 
or I'm sorry, Golden Gate <laughs> Starfort Command on Instagram. Oh, is yeah, there Instagram anywhere, and YouTube. And YouTube as well. And is there anywhere where people can listen to your music as well? Can we plug that in the show notes? Yeah, I mean, I have a bunch of bands that are on Spotify. and I mean, all the music things, Old Firm Casuals, Powerhouse, Earth Dogs, Look Back and Laugh, Never Healed. Yafet Kodo. Oh, I can't remember all the other ones. Bunch of bands, yeah. Damn. Yeah, right. yeah. Now, yeah, I've been putting out records for a minute. <laughs> right on. Well, I definitely hope that everyone gives you a follow, checks you out on YouTube, and of course listens in on the music. And here we are, folks, diving in to this rewritten history. Go ahead, question everything. As for now, have a great moment wherever you are in the now. And that is our episode with Casey Watson from the Golden Gate Starfort Command. Big shout out to Casey Watson. Follow him on Instagram. You can find the link in the description of this episode. And in the description of this episode, you'll also find the credits for the music. If you like the music, you can find out who did the music. Not just in this episode, but every single episode has that in the description. What you'll also find is a link to our Telegram a link to our Twitter, Instagram, website. We've got all sorts of great stuff on the website. I just created a bookshop.org bookshop specifically curated by yours truly. It's designed uh, to be a sort of digital replica of the books that you see behind me when you watch the video version of the show on Rockfin or Patreon, which those links are also in the description and speaking of rockfin and patreon if you want to support the show join the almost 96 patrons that we have let's bump that up to 100 folks i know there's four of you out listening right now who are on the fence and you're ready to support so please do so sign up on patreon you'll get access to bonus content the video content audio content a monthly live stream and a very all new brand new show called the Synchro Wisdom Dialogue, where I speak to you, the people. All you have to do is book me, book some time. My time is valuable and so is yours. So let's share that space and conversate. Maybe I can help you collaborate on a project that you're working on, whatever it might be, whether you want to start a podcast or maybe it has nothing to do with podcasts. Maybe you just want to be a guest on a podcast and you never felt like asking, well, hey, pay me some money and I don't care what you want to talk about. Let's do it. So that'll be on the Patreon. And I mean, really, if the episode is fantastic, it'll make its way to the RSS feed with your permission. So that's the scoop on the newest show, the newest version of the bonus content. And you can also get, of course, all the old versions of the bonus content. Uh, we still have the Illuminati confirmed bonus show. And uh, yeah, that's about it for today, folks. Big shout out to Casey Watson. Thanks for joining us here talking about Star Forts. You know, I'm always pretty skeptical about Tartaria, but it is interesting stuff. I will keep digging and looking for answers. Uh, I hope you all listen to our grand finale interview on the big episode 200 with Andreas Exertus. He went deep on some very interesting concepts within this realm so if you like that check that out and you can also see me every wednesday on his youtube channel we're doing a live stream show with myself 
and a few other really awesome people. Shout out to Mr. Douglas. Shout out to Darth Call. Shout out to Seth from Venice Beach Dub Club. And of course, shout out to Mr. Exertus himself. And that's about it for today, folks. Pick up the scene. Synchro Mystic Exploration of the Ever-Expanding Now Edition 1, a travel guide for wherever you find yourself. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for everybody sticking with us. This is episode 204. Hope you liked our last episode, and I know you're going to love our next episode. So be on the lookout. We'll see you next. Oh, yeah, and, of course, immerse yourself in the moment, wherever you are, in the now. So um, We've had a good couple of weeks of shows. You know? Mark is doing a great job, even yeah. though he drives me fucking nuts yeah. sometimes. He's great. No, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. Good job, Mark. You can call uh, me Mark Palmer. Mark Palmer's cool. Mark Palmer's... It's a beautiful day to be alive. Motherfuckers. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be alive. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I don't think it's about money. I think they have so much. It's just about... It's a spiritual war, dude. It's so much farther. There's more power with spring flowers than pseudo-intellectuals filled by hate with the face sour. When it comes to the hour of reckoning, recollect, reconnect with days happening. Yeah, are you frowning or laughing? Are you making the grade or barely passing? Caught in the asinine like the afterlife. Obsessed with darkness after you master light. Cause it's faster than a blink. When it's a bastard, latch to the clank, clang. The money don't mean a damn thing. Think happiness ain't coming from the bank, dang. I'm out here daydreaming. The spirit's the egg, the self is the semen. Uh, and that's cause life is the child. And it takes a village to give it the illest style. So, if your family think you crazy, mm, and you ain't got a village, know you always got a place here. Come kick it, we chillin'. Exactly, dude. You get it, bro. You're so smart, everybody. You're so smart. Feel like I'm waking up for the first time. Krusty's on my third eye, but I'm back to the grind. Pop the blinds open, let the sun shine. Feel it on my skin like it's been some time. Sometimes depression got me flaking like Sisyphus. Others got me messing with mania like Icarus. And meditation helps with the sickness. Some say it's human condition, but it just isn't. There's more power in spring flowers. The circular thoughts that leave the mind devoured. Blurred lines between reality and fiction. And some politicians get dirtier than dishes. But for a minute, just forget about the government. I'm looking at you and I and where the love went. Cause we don't need a fucking village full of cynics. Need a family to foster a life worth living if it isn't. And your family think you crazy. Yeah. And you ain't got a village. I know you always got a place here. Come kick it, we chillin', yeah. I'm a conspiracy boy. I'm a conspiracy boy. Never trust a dude in a sweater. That's all I gotta say. Mark Palmer's cool. How are you, brother? I'm great, man. How are you?